Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. My name is Colleen Edwards-Chesley, and I am the founding director of Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. And you are listening live to our show on called Women in Leadership on Pensacola Business Radio X. I'm so excited that you're listening today. This is going to be a little different show than normal. Because typically we have guests in the studio with us today, and today you are just going to hear me. So I hope you're not disappointed. I hope you didn't tune in to hear a ton of our members or our local businesses being spotlighted, which is typically what we do on these shows, but I promise this show will not disappoint. So today, I'd like to start off just by giving you some information about our organization. If you've never heard our show before, welcome. We're glad you're here. Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast was started actually back in 2004, right here in Pensacola, Florida. I refer to it as my oops baby because I didn't mean to start an organization. I actually was doing something that I thought I only needed, and I happened to over the course of time, realized that lots of other women in our area needed the same thing too. So I'll just share with you the story of how it actually started. So what it was, was I was in sales. I was a financial advisor. And Hurricane Ivan came through our area and literally destroyed our entire community. Not only did it destroy some of the physical attributes, like trees were down, buildings were destroyed, normal courses of of access were were now no longer accessible but it also made a difference in the business community as well. As a financial advisor, I was used to networking quite a bit. So I would go to chamber meetings. I would go to different after hours events and meet people that would become, of course, future clients for me. And when Hurricane Ivan happened, none of that, none of that networking continued. The chambers that used to do networking events were now focused on helping their business members get restarted in their businesses. So get buildings rebuilt work on bridge loans with the Small Business Administration. A lot of things that chambers do in a disaster recovery time that is very different than when you're not dealing with disaster recovery. So me as a financial advisor, I was young, I was female, and I didn't do the things that other financial advisors typically did. Some of my male counterparts, for example, would hold dinner seminars. I didn't like doing dinner seminars. I had nothing, nothing really appealed to me about inviting a bunch of people, paying for them to to have a dinner, and then standing up and talking to them about financial products. That just didn't appeal to me. So I didn't do a ton of that. I also didn't like door knocking. That's when a financial advisor goes through a neighborhood and knocks on doors. Typically, it's close to their office, and it works for a ton of financial advisors, but it just wasn't something that made me comfortable. I think being young and being female, I was a little bit more worried about you know, making the wrong impression or maybe knocking on somebody's door that, that you know, could, could possibly take advantage of me. So that just wasn't something that, that appealed to me in the business world as well. And then the other thing that a lot of financial advisors do that I wasn't so excited about was cold calling. So I've gotten better at that. Um, I wouldn't say I get excited about it now, but it is something that I can, I can do. And I don't, I don't, I don't 
put up such a, a big fight about anymore. But back then, cold calling was just not something that appealed to me. I typically found my clients through networking. So Hurricane Ivan happened, all the networking stopped in the area, and I was frustrated. I was scared, and I didn't know how to go about finding my clients again. Also, my clients were typically based in the Perdido area, which is right where the hurricane came ashore. So all of the people that I had already built relationships with that could be referral sources for me, they were much more focused on rebuilding their businesses. A lot of them got displaced and got moved into other areas. So they weren't even around for me to talk to and reach out to as well. So... I was really, I was really in a, in a tough spot. I didn't know what I was going to do to find my clients again. I happened to run into two girlfriends that we used to network a lot. As a matter of fact, we didn't even know each other that well. We would see each other at networking events. I would call us as more acquaintances than really good friends. And I asked them what they were doing and they said, you know, this is great. Let's go to lunch. Let's talk about it. So we did, we went to lunch and we sat around the room and just talked about what we would do if we were the other person. I had no idea what I was going to do in my financial career, but it's amazing because I could tell the other two ladies what I would do if I were in their careers. Now, they were both in sales, but they were in completely different businesses. So from a different perspective, I was able to say, hey, this is what I would do if I were you. And wouldn't you know, the other two women knew what to tell each other and they both knew what to tell me as well. As much as I didn't know what to do myself, these other women had amazing ideas to tell me on what to do for my business. We got so motivated by this lunch, so empowered and so invigorated that we decided to do it again. Now, this was 2004, so we whipped out our paper calendars and we set up a meeting for the next month. It happened to be the first Friday of the month that we had met on, so we said, let's meet on the first Friday of next month. We all wrote it down in our calendar. And then I don't think we ran into each other throughout the rest of that in between that month. So I had told half a dozen other women though about this amazing lunch that I had with these other women. And wouldn't you know, the other two women told other people too. So when we got back together that second month, I think there might've been 10 or 12 of us. And we did the exact same thing. We went around the room and we said, what do you do? How can we help you? And when you put like-minded women together, it's amazing what things can come from it. We were not coming from a, a, a space of cattiness. We weren't coming from a competitive nature. We weren't even coming from a, a spot of, of wanting other people to not have great information. We were coming from such a passionate spot of really just helping each other do better in business. So it was super exciting. I got so motivated. We ended up saying, okay, let's do this again next month. And then next month, and then next month, and next month. More women would come. Some of the same ones didn't didn't come every single month, and that was perfectly fine. But we kept doing that for months and months and months. Turned out to be years and years and years. I thought it would go away as soon as the community and as soon as the environment and our local city had recovered from the hurricane devastation. Um, but the interesting thing was the group continued after all of the blue roofs were gone and after all of the roads were opened and all of the trees were cleared. And some of the women said, you know, this is just something we need in our world, whether we're in a disaster situation or whether we're in a non-disaster situation. 
We ended up starting a second chapter in Gulf Breeze. So now we meet in Pensacola on the first Friday of every month. We've been doing that for the past 14 years. And we also meet in Gulf Breeze on the third Friday of the month. We've been doing Gulf Breeze since 2009. So not quite as long in Gulf Breeze, um, but we added that second meeting because some of the women said, I want another way and another time to connect with these same women. So the monthly networking meetings is how the organization started, and it kind of tends to to be our our cornerstone. It tends to be the thing that we definitely do every single month, and it tends to be the way that we can introduce women to the other programs and other benefits that we have in the organization. The other thing that we do is a annual conference in October. It's called Pursue Your Passion, and in 2019, it'll be on the third week of October, and it's already booked to be at Sanders Beach Community Center. So if you'd like more information on that event, we have a website called uh, pwconference.org. P is in powerful, W is in women, and then conference.org to get more information about, about the annual conference. We also have what we call Power Up. Power Up is a 12-week leadership program, and we teach classes on all sorts of different concepts that may be helpful to men and women in business. And we've got uh, some of the class that we're going to profile in today's session. So I won't go through the list of classes, but if you're interested in Power Up, that is definitely something that you can check out on our website as well. And in addition to Power Up, in addition to the conference and the monthly networking meetings, we also have our Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast magazine that's starting in, coming back in 2019. So we're excited about that. That should be coming out in print in the spring of 2019. So we look forward to you picking up that magazine. And that's just a way that we can share our valuable tips and tricks and interview some of the local women that are making a difference in this area. We also have the the show that you're listening to now, the Women in Leadership podcast show, which we're excited about doing on a monthly basis. We're also going to be making some changes, so you'll see some new things coming to the podcast show in 2019. And then we also have our Pay It Forward Leadership Book Program. This is where we collect used books, gently used or, or really used, or brand new books, and then we recycle them into the hands of other businessmen and women at some of our events. So you'll see our book table at the conference. You'll see if you come to our monthly meetings. Several books are there. And then we do just different events to where we give out books. On that same note, this year we decided to do a new book program and we called it the Leadership Book Pull. So just like if you've ever been to an event where they have a wine pool, you buy a ticket and that ticket That ticket number equates to a bottle of wine. Well, ours is the same concept, except it's not wine. It's business books. So you buy a ticket, and tickets are $25 each. When your ticket is pulled, then that equates to a business book, a new business book from our library. We've got 77 books that we've collected, brand new books, from amazing authors. And they're all about concepts to do with leadership, professional development, management, strength building, skill building, as well. So if you'd like to purchase one of the leadership books from our book pool, you can email us at directors at powerfulwomengulfcoast.com. And then we do have membership in the organization, but we don't require membership if you want to participate in any of our events. So if any of this intrigues you, we would love to have you connect with us. You can come to our monthly 
monthly networking meetings, come to our conference, or just take part in some of the activities we do online or on Facebook, or reach out to us through our website. Our website is PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com. Our Facebook page is Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, and we're also on Instagram at Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. So now I'm going to turn it over to our educational topic today. I told you it'd be a little different with today's show. Typically at this time is where I do a short education segment and then we turn it over to the guests in our studio. Today it's just me, so it's going to be an educational subject or an educational conversation and I'm going to spend about the next 15 minutes talking about tips on motivation. This comes from class number one from our Power Up Challenge. So I mentioned earlier the Power Up Challenge is is something that we do. This is our 12-week leadership class program. The first class is called Planning Toolbox Work-Life Integration. That's where today's content comes from. But just to read you the titles of the rest of the classes, class number two is Toolbox Technology. And we talk in that class a lot about Dropbox, Google Drive, Evernote, a lot of online systems that can help you get organized for your business. The third class is it's called Toolbox Organization, and that one's on lead management systems, client management um, systems as well, or client management um, areas, ways that you can organize your business contacts. And we also talk about follow-up systems and business goal setting. And then we have a class on networking. So class four is called networking before. What do you do before you go to a networking event? How do you even pick out which networking events you're going to go to? And what do you do to create a goal that you're going to try to achieve through the networking event? Classes five and six are on LinkedIn. So class five is our LinkedIn basics class, all about your profile, what to include, what not to include, how to connect with different people, how to create a compelling profile, and basic navigation on LinkedIn. It's our philosophy that you need to educate, enlighten, and entrust people through your profile on LinkedIn. It's a way that people can connect with you, but if your profile is not exciting enough for them to want to reach out, well, then they probably aren't. So class number six is marketing, or is the LinkedIn intermediate class, and that one is all about utilizing LinkedIn from an approach to get people to connect with you and to find out the other people you want to connect with as well. So it's not about just building connections in your database, but finding what to look for in the connections that you're reaching out to, how to find people that are going to be like-minded and how to find people that could be prospective clients for you. It's about using templates, things like invitation templates or thanks for connecting templates or thought you might like this article templates, different things that you can do to help replicate and duplicate some of the activities that are necessary without having to spend a lot more time on your social media. Class number seven is networking during, and then class number eight is networking during part two. So we break up the during section of networking because it's so much that happens during a networking event that we feel it's important for you to have a good grasp on everything that goes on. So part of the class in the during section is all about 30 second elevator pitches, what you should say, what you shouldn't say, how often you should change it, how to customize your message depending on the on the audience that you're in front of. We also go through form, which is which is a great concept that I learned years and years ago in the financial industry about how to come up with things to say when you might be a little bit more introverted or not necessarily necessarily 
got some great things that come to mind when you walk up to a total stranger. I'm an introvert. You wouldn't know that if you if you don't know me or hadn't hadn't really seen me at events because I come across as as much more of an extrovert. But it's tough for me to be in a room full of people I don't know. So form is something that's helped me in that way as well. It's also during the during class, we talk about collecting business cards, when you should give out your business card, when you shouldn't, how to how to work with a networking buddy. I call them accountability buddies and they help us be accountable to ourselves, but then also they help share the responsibility. So, and making sure that your accountability buddy knows what your goal is for that networking event can help you be more productive in your networking event. And then we also have class Class nine is the networking after class. So what do you do after you come back to the, from the event? What do you do with all the business cards that you've collected? How do you follow up? How many times should you reach out to somebody? Should you leave a voicemail or should you not? And what do you say on that voicemail in order to get prepared or in order to set the stage for a future connection with that person? And then what do you do once you've set in a meeting with somebody you met through networking? What do you do to prep for that meeting as well? And then the last three classes of Power Up are sales classes. So we go through three classes. Class 10 is ready, class 11 is aim, and class 12 is fire. So it's all about getting ready for sitting down in front of somebody that might be a potential prospect for you or a circle of influence. In the ready class, we talk about how to get your foot in the door, how to build your business through referrals. Four must-do activities to to create credibility in networking. We also go through a concept I call mind mapping and conversation starters such as gains and form as well. In the AIM class, we talk more about a concept called VCP, which is something that BNI uses about visibility creates credibility and credibility creates profitability. We go through the time confidence curve and we go through some other concepts that have been helpful to me, such as uh, something called top 100. I love that concept. And then class 12 is the last class in the series and it's called Fire. And that's all about transitioning personal conversations to business. A lot of women are great at making friends and connecting on a personal level, but then it feels awkward sometimes when they want to turn the the conversation more to business. So how do you do that? When's the appropriate time? And when do you know you've got permission to be able to do that? We go more into one-to-one meetings. So you're sitting down in front of a circle of influence. How do you have an effective one-to-one meeting as well. And then we go through conversation crutches. So that's just an overview of the Power Up program. If you'd like to join us, we are mid-session right now in Power Up and the classes are $15 each, but you don't have to attend every class and you don't have to wait until the next series starts before you get involved. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, powerfulwomengulfcoast.com to uh, sign up for Power Up. And now on to the the motivation subject for today. So class one, we talked about work-life integration. And there's a lot of ways that women can integrate work and life together. The basics, though, start with motivation. If you're not motivated in your business, then it's going to be very difficult to, to accomplish all the things that you need to accomplish and to keep focused in your business. So these are just six tips that I wanted to share with you about how to how I stay motivated. And some of these might work for you. And maybe some of them don't, or you've got some great tips you'd like to share with us as well. 
one, the first tip I want to talk about is putting your goals in writing. I love to have my goals in writing, whether you write it down on a sticky note that you stick in on your bathroom mirror, whether you write it down in something more sophisticated, like a beautiful planner or a true goal setting platform, or if you utilize some online or, or technology to document your goals. It used to be in the old days that we wrote business plans, and I think business plans are very appropriate, but I think you should have a, a plan for motivation as well. So I have something that I utilize. I didn't I didn't create this myself. I got it from somebody a long time ago, but it's a one-page vision statement. And the way that it works is it's one page, so I like that it's short. It's easy to do. It doesn't take a ton of research, and it's not like putting together a 20-page business plan. The first section is the vision. So what do you want to accomplish? What does the future look like? A lot of this goes back to the Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. So if everything was great this year, what does that look like? So that's the first half of the one page vision statement is to write out your vision. The second half is the three daily efforts. So this is saying, okay, in order to accomplish the vision, what are the three things that I need to accomplish on a daily basis in order for me to get there? And I'll use the financial industry as an example. When I was in financial, there were a certain number of clients that I had to get on on a monthly basis. So that might be part of my vision was, hey, I need to get, I need to write 10 new policies every single month for example. Under the three daily activities, there'd be activities that lead me to get those policies sold. So it might be I need to prospect with this number of new potential clients on a weekly basis. Uh, Second step might be I need to actually sit down face to face and meet with those people. I might have an appointment goal that I want to set. And then the third piece might be I have to do some prep after that initial appointment in order to set up the sale. I was never somebody who met with somebody one time and sold them an insurance policy during that meeting. It always, I was always a little bit more comprehensive than that. So I might sit down with somebody the first time and go through a financial profile with them, kind of get a a good understanding of where they're at and where they want to be in their life, what their budget might be, what their health concerns are or anything like that. And then I would take time to prep and say, okay, let me look for the best type of insurance policy for you. So I always had those three pieces. Prospecting was one of my three daily activities, sitting down and having face-to-face meetings with people was a second activity. And then case prep was the third activity that I had. Depending on what your business is, those may be the same three things you need to do in your business. There are lots of businesses that need to meet people, sit down with people, and then do prep in order to close the sale. Or you may have three daily efforts that are completely different as well. And then the third piece of the vision statement was my why. So that always helped me. I'm a big Simon Sinek fan and he's got a great TED talk. If you've never heard his TED talk on why, you really need to go out and find it. Um, It's so empowering that when you tie your why to to where you want to be, it's amazing what, what it can help. It can help motivate you from the inside, but then it helps motivate everything from the outside to align with that as well. So those are the three sections of the vision statement was the the vision for your year, the daily efforts that it took in order to get there, and then the why. Why are you doing all this? Why are you, why does selling, for instance, why does selling 10 insurance policies a month help me in my financial business? 
So if that's helpful for you, for you, I hope that works. The other thing that was good about putting goals in writing is I've never been a good person with, if I had too much time to work on something, it always was detrimental to me. So I follow a concept called period periodization and periodization is a book that was written by Brian Moran. M O R A N is his last name. And I'm going to, I'm going to include this handout in the show notes for today. So if you're, if you're taking notes, you know that, that there'll be a handout for this as well. But periodization basically breaks down the year instead of having an annual goal and having annual benchmarks and things that, that, that um, help you. It's breaking those down into smaller pieces. So it might be quarterly 90 day goals. So every 90 days you reevaluate, reset your goals, reset your activities and track your results. That tended to work for me a lot better because I didn't, I didn't work so well with the long deadlines. Number two, as far as motivation, was keeping a journal. Now, I've kept lots of journals over the years, and sometimes I've journaled more, and sometimes I've journaled less, but there's been several journals that have really helped me, and I want to explain two of them that have helped me with motivation for you today. One of them is a gratitude journal. This is the one that I've been doing more recently and had less experience for, but it's been really, really helpful. So a gratitude journal, basically the way mine works is every morning I get up and I write down three things that I'm grateful for. It may be the same three things repeated a few days, or it may be completely different things. I try to look for things that other things I can be grateful for. So if I tend to see myself writing the same three things down that I wrote yesterday, well, then I need to think a little bit harder because there's so many things to be grateful for. So I try to each day come up with three things that that didn't repeat what I've said said most recently. And then I also write down anything throughout the day that really hits me that's amazing. I tend to write that down in the gratitude journal as well. And then at the end of the night, before I go to bed, I write down three things I'm grateful for again. And so it's just as simple as that three things in the morning, three things at night. And then if there happens to be something that hits me that I'm motivated to grab my journal, write down during the day, I might do that as well. But the gratitude journal just re it's helped me reset my brain so that when I wake up, the first thing I'm thinking about is things I'm grateful for. And the last thing I'm thinking about before I go to bed are things I'm grateful for as well. The other journal that's really, that really, really helped me, especially when I was in my financial career, was a journal that I kept that journaled some of my client appointments. Now, I didn't use names and I didn't go into details, so there was nothing confidential in there. But what I would do is after an appointment, I would come back and I would write in my journal about that appointment. Yay! the appointment went great or, you know, oh, that was a really awkward appointment, but I'd go into more details about the appointment. So I might say during this one point when he said X, Y, Z, I should have responded with X, Y, Z. All of a sudden, when you're replaying that appointment in your head and documenting it on paper, a lot of times I would recognize things that I could have done differently, said differently, or maybe that was the perfect opportunity to shift and to to kind of kind of change the way I was phrasing something. I never thought about it during the appointment, but I always remembered it right after the appointment. So journaling those things was really helpful. Just getting it out of my head was helpful, but then also what it helped with is what I noticed was my my improvement during my client meetings. So one meeting I might get frustrated or get 
discombobulated when somebody mentioned something that I didn't have a clear, direct answer for. But by journaling it, it would have give me an opportunity to rethink that through my head. And then the next time somebody asked me that same question, instead of having the same reaction, I'd already replayed it in my head. And now I was much better prepared to answer the question. So the quality of my appointments got better, not just because I was becoming better myself, but it was because I was journaling those things and giving myself an opportunity to stop long enough to reevaluate that meeting that just happened. And sometimes it would help me just get stuff out of my head. If there was a frustrating point during a meeting, I didn't want to carry that with me all day long. If you've ever had a bad meeting, that can tend to impact your entire day. So by journaling it, it got it out of my head so that when I moved on with the rest of my day, I wasn't fixated with the horrible appointment I had at eight o'clock that morning. I was able to let go of it and then move on with the rest of my day. Number three is having a learning library. So I talked earlier about the leadership books that we use, and I'm a big advocate of reading books. Self-improvement, I think, is so important. In today's day and age, there is not a thing that you can't Google, search for, or find a free resource for to expand your knowledge. Um, I don't think anybody has an excuse in today's day and age to not be educated about anything. You can Google anything. There's a YouTube video for everything that you want to find out in the world or to get better on in the world. So having access to resources that can help you is very beneficial. And it's not like I had to have physical books on my bookshelf in order to have a lending library but base or a learning library. But basically, I would just have access to places that were great sources of information. So this might be, you might be scrolling at night, shopping or, or, you know, um, reading news articles. And there may be something that piques your interest that you don't have time to look at right then. It's easy to just capture that hyperlink or capture that web address and throw it onto a Word document that you call your your learning library. Then dedicating some time, maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks, or maybe over the weekend to spend an hour learning something that is a skill or an area that you want more information in. So I'm a big advocate for that. And I think that helps a lot with motivation. The fourth thing that I wanted to mention was listening to motivational songs, podcasts, quotes, etc. Those have all been beneficial for me. I love to do, um, I love to to get motivated every year. And, and I used to do this. I don't do this so much every year, but I used to have a motivational song that was like my song for the year. And anytime I was down or feeling like, you know, I didn't have the energy to, to do one more task, I would listen to that motivational song. And it was amazing at how it would just refresh me and get me back into the back into the mode of, of doing whatever it was that I was avoiding at the time. I'm also a podcast addict, so I tend to listen to a ton of podcasts. And I love quotes. So I have quotes all over the place. I have them on my computer, uh, just taped to my desk, my uh, keyboard. I also have them sitting around in my office. I might have pictures and, and I follow a lot of motivational uh posts on Instagram, for example. So if those are things that motivate you, those can be great ways to help build up motivation. The other thing that's important about that too, is when you find things that, that are, that really hit deep in your soul, record yourself saying those same things. So it might be your favorite quote. It might be a motivational story that you read. If you record yourself saying that, and then you listen to that recording, your brain doesn't have any idea of the difference of you of, of, um, 
you saying it and it not being true. So when you say it in your own voice, your brain recognizes it much differently than when you listen to it in somebody else's voice or when you just read it. So I thought that was a great tip that's helped me over the years. And then the fifth one that I want to share is affirmations and meditation. These are ones that are not new ideas, of course, but these are ones that have that have worked for me. Affirmations, I tend to say on a daily basis, those are statements that start with I am. It might be I am secure and in a good place in my world. It might be I am living importantly in my own space. I am giving back. I am practicing unconditional love. All sorts of different things that that speak to you can be affirmations that can help motivate you. And then meditation. Meditation's been something that's been more difficult, I think, for me to really get a good handle on. Some people, their meditation practices are just amazing what they're able to do. It's something that's been more challenging for me, but it might be something that, that can work for you as well. So learning about motivation or meditation and practicing meditation can be something that helps with your motivation as well. And then this last tip is just a little funny one that has worked for me. So number six is show up ready to play the game. So what that means is when you come, when you go to an, an important, important appointment, let's say it's a big client that you're looking to attract a big fish that would be a great one for you to, um, to build into your, into your client, um, into your client business, um, when you show up, you've got to be ready to, you've got to be at your best game. So eating healthy, um, getting enough rest, showing up looking crisp and, and professional um, is a great way to play, ready to play the game. Being physically fit and being emotionally fit can add to that as well. So if you're run down, if you haven't been eating well, if you're not sleeping well, and if, you're, if you've got on an outfit that just doesn't make you feel great, you're going to carry all that into you with you when you sit down in front of that client. And even though the client may not know any of that about you, it'll come across in your language. It'll come across in the emotions that you're bringing. And it'll just, it'll just be apparent enough that it may do enough to stall that potential sale from you. So when you show up, be ready to play the game. Be ready to sit in front of that client with enough rest, great nutrition, be be somebody that's practiced to exercise and be physically fit and emotionally fit as well. And those are things that can help hopefully solidify that client appointment for you. So I just shared the six tips for motivation. I'll go through them again really quickly. Number one, put your goals in writing, whether that's one page vision statements, 90 day goals, however you want to document that. Number two, keeping a journal. I talked about two. I talked about my sales journal that I kept and also my gratitude journal as well. Number three is having a learning library. So that's putting together the resources that you need to be the most effective you can. Number four, listening to motivational songs, podcasts, quotes, etc., are, are a great way to add motivation. Number five is affirmations and meditation. And number six, show up ready to play the game. And why is it important to stay motivated? A negative word or action when you're up may bring you down, but a negative word or action when you're down may destroy you completely. 
So when you're at the top of your game and you get something that, that, that hurts or that hits you, hits you hard, it can knock you down just a peg. But if you're already down, unmotivated, and something negative happens, well, then that may just completely, completely destroy your whole day. It may take you from being a productive uh, business person that's going to have a great rest of your week to all of a sudden dwelling on something that happened on Monday that just destroyed your entire week. So hopefully that's helpful information for you. Again, this is content that comes from week number one of Power Up. And if you'd like to join us in Power Up, check out our website, PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com or check us out on Facebook, Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. We also have a specific page on Facebook for Power Up called Power Up Challenge. You can definitely check us out there as well. And that lists the upcoming classes for this particular series. If If you're tuning in today for the first time, we'd love for you to check out our monthly networking meetings in Pensacola and also in Gulf Breeze. We have our annual October conference coming up called Pursue Your Passion. We do these women in leadership podcast shows. We will be having our magazine coming out soon. And we also do the leadership books, whether it's the new ones in our leadership book pool or the old ones or used ones from our regular leadership book pay it forward program. Again, we have membership in the organization if you're interested but we don't, we don't restrict any of our events to only members. You can attend, you can come take part with us. We feel like if you find value, you'll make the decision to join the organization. And we also are not just women only. The, the majority of our events, all of our events are really directed towards women in business, but it takes women to support women in business and it also takes men to support women in business as well. So we don't restrict any of our meetings or our events to any men. Uh, you can attend as well. As a matter of fact, some of our biggest sponsors and some of our biggest advocates are some of the men in this community. So we really appreciate each and every one of you out there. Thank you for tuning in. And we look forward to hearing hearing uh, from you at some of our events and, and look forward to this podcast show in the future as well. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.